This is Cindy, my good friend and mentor, graduated with honors from the University of Connecticut at Storrs, receiving a Bachelor of Fine Arts degree with a major in acting, directing, and playwriting. Cindy is a multi-year recipient of Long Island's Best Psychic. She is the author of multiple books which focus on life, love, and relationships. Cindy has been seen on television and is the regular host of her own radio show on Blog Talk Radio. This is Dr. Gary. He has been in the education field for over 20 years and earned his doctorate from St. John's University. He has spent most of his life motivating students of all ages and achieved mastery as an amazing instructional leader. Dr. Gary has been a personal trainer, teacher, professor, coach, DJ, and a professional wrestler, but he's also a psychic. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Soul Matters Podcast. This is Dr. Gary, and always along with Cindy Sansone Braff. Welcome, Cindy. Hi, how are you tonight? Oh, fantastic, fantastic. This is my birthday week. It's Happy my birthday. Thank you. It's my uh, my milestone birthday. I'm turning oh. 40 this week. <laughs> That's and, a big uh, one. Yeah. And it, what what better of a topic? It couldn't pick a better topic than midlife crisis for our <laughs> seven session. Um, just because uh, there's just, you know, with this, with so many things just looming and, uh, you know, with not only the pandemic, but we have an election coming up. We have so many different uh, congressional districts, uh, so many different seats that are up. There's just so much chaos and there's so many things going on that um, why not throw another wrench into the, uh, into the plan <laughs> and, and talk about, you know, midlife crisis. So, you know, um, it's, it's interesting because I had done a little bit of research in kind of trying to find a little bit more information on what exactly is, you know, that midlife crisis, you know, Cindy has always um, been telling me and, and has been telling me for years that I'm in my midlife crisis. And, you know, and I always think to myself too, when I, when you hear midlife crisis, you know, as far as I'm concerned, what I always thought of was two things. I thought of, you know, you buy the sports car that you, you know, you always wanted, but never got. And, and I'm thinking to myself, well, I always loved cars. Like since I was in my teens, like, and I had a sports car, like, does that mean that I went through my midlife crisis in my twenties? Uh, <laughs> you know, there was that. And then there's always that, that thought of, you know, having those, you know, people going out and kind of sowing their oats and having affairs and, and doing these, you know, really nasty, evil things. Um, just to fulfill some type of you know need or emptiness or whatever they're experiencing. But as I was like doing more and more research, I, I was finding that um, it's a lot deeper than that. And, and we're going to, we're going to kind of, you know, jump into that and, and talk a little bit about that. Um, so one of the things that I, I had really found quite interesting is that there are like these different stages of midlife crisis. And these stages are very similar uh, to stages that you would experience if somebody that was very close to you had like passed away and you were experiencing these different, uh, these different feelings of like grief. And uh, some of them, you know, include shock, denial, even depression, anger. And of course, you know, the finality is always the, the acceptance. So not only the stages of grief, but in some cases, like those, the stages of dying, like those are the, those are the, the steps that you face or the stages that you enter as you're getting closer to, to the light, so to speak. Uh, so, you know, we're going to kind of just um, talk a little bit about it. Hopefully it turns into an open dialogue and we can, you know, explore this. 
Well, no. midlife crisis is a death. It's the death of your young self, your innocent self, your first half of your life where you were thinking, who am I? And trying to please everybody. Mostly a lot of who we become at the first half of our life is who our parents want us to be or who our mates want us to be or our peers or our culture. So at the midlife crisis is, well, you know, you've kind of done everything that you're supposed to and you're not fully happy. And so that part of us has to sort of be destroyed in order for us to create the new, more authentic self who's not so concerned with what everybody else wants for us, whose own soul is saying, what about me? You've pleased everybody. You've done everything you're supposed to do. But what about me? So when you're going through those stages of grief, it's true. You have to mourn for that. You're a little bit in shock that, you you know, especially someone like you, you've got your doctorate, you're married, you worked hard to get a lovely home. You've done everything you're supposed to do and you should be blissfully happy, right? I mean, like all your dreams, all your goals, you know, you're accomplishing them and you're still accomplishing them, but it isn't goal oriented anymore. A soul does not care about your goals. It doesn't care about what you've acquired. It doesn't care what the world thinks of you. The soul cares, uh, excuse me, um, you have to learn your karmic lessons. You have to answer a bigger message. So it is a little bit of shock that we've done everything right and we're not happy. Then we have to grieve for like that and mourn for it. And then we go into denial. No, I'm perfectly happy. And eventually we go through all those steps till we come to some sort of acceptance. But a midlife crisis can take upwards of 12 years. It's not a tomorrow. It's not today, tomorrow, and it's over. For sure, I, I believe that, and it, and it's like a, it's almost like it's sad too, because like you know, and this may sound kind of corny, but it really is true. Like ever since I was young, I really I wanted to only be one thing, you know. Yeah, I wanted to have nice things and have a good job and have money and and do to be able to do things, but I really always wanted to be a dad. I really that was like a big thing for me. Like I wanted to have a child, and you know, I I found my soulmate. Um, I, I would even, I would even call her my twin flame. Like, you know, we, we literally share, we share sentences, we share thoughts. Like we are able to read each other. Like we have, um, such a unique bond. We have this beautiful child who is, was a miracle child. And, you know, I have a secure job, you know, I, I make a decent living. We, we, like you said, we, we have things, you know, where, you know, I have achieved, you know, a, you know, a doctorate, all of these things are right in front of me. And, it, it's almost embarrassing to say like, well, I, I just don't, f- I don't feel happy or I don't feel fulfilled. And the only way that I can compare it and I don't, I don't want like, you know, people calling or emailing me and telling me that I'm insensitive, but um, because I know that women get the, they get a, the raw end of the stick when it comes to, you know, their um, during menopause, postmenopausal, like there is so many different things that women have to battle, but I, I have to, I have to almost compare it. It's similar. Like, although it's not a hormonal shift, it almost feels as though you're so up and down that you can't get a grasp on what is actually making you unhappy or what, is really just an emotion or a feeling or something that you just can't get past. So it's, it's like one of those things where I don't really know what I need, but I know it's not this, or I know it's not that. So it's, it's a very weird, you know, enigmatic, you know, conundrum that we just, I don't know. It's, it's like, we can't really figure it out. Well, Dante uh, and- wrote, you know, in, um, 
he wrote, midway along our journey or our life, we are supposed to find ourselves in a dark and treacherous wood. So, okay, so, you know, we're supposed to be where we are at this point. We're supposed to be somehow, no matter what we've done, feeling that way. Now, supposedly not everyone has a midlife crisis, okay? Supposedly, okay? Um, I know I had one and it hit around 41. I was fine until 40. Then all of a sudden, 41 came this whammy of emotions. So yeah, it's, and you do feel like I should be in gratitude for everything I have. And I know you are in gratitude. I'm not hearing you saying I'm not in gratitude. No, without a doubt, without a doubt I, I definitely am. But it's an awareness that yes, you have a soulmate. Yes, you have a child. But the only person that you're going to go through life from beginning to end is yourself. Okay. Sure. It's an awareness that it's an illusion that we're going through life with other people. Yes, they're there. Yes, they've been there for us. But it's finally confronting the fact that I am a, a body housing a soul. Okay, so most of the first half of our life is concerned with grounding ourselves to the earth plane, making a living, acquiring, doing, learning. The second half is coming to terms with the fact that this body is a temporary housing of our soul. And now the soul is saying, okay, you've done this, this, and that, but I am like a rebellious teenager. I need some, some food and nurturing and some care and some attention. And if you're not giving it to me, then I'm going to give you anxiety. I'm going to give you a little bit of depression. I'm going to make you feel like you have ants in your pants and you don't know what's wrong. And I'm going to turn your whole life upside down. So the tower card for the midlife crisis would be the tower card where you're throwing everything out and, and the hangman where your whole life is turned upside down. And all of a sudden, everything you thought to be true, everything you thought to be important suddenly doesn't feel so important. It feels like, well, okay, I've worked for this, this, and that, but there's more to life than this. It, sounds like, it, feels, like, it feels like you're reading me right now. Are you reading me right now? <laughs> there's it, more I mean, to life than exactly this. like what I'm feeling and what I'm experiencing. So it's, uh, it's, it's, it's 100% accurate. I mean, it's, it's, it's just the way that um, it's a very tough thing to, to wrap your head around and to understand. Uh, you know, I can, I can tell you from, from my perspective, and I, I, I do think that I went through something, uh, you know, of a midlife crisis, some like kind of early, I, I would think that I wasn't, you know, I, I'm not 40 yet. Um, you know, I'm counting the hours down, but you know, I do feel that uh, a major part of what contributed to this, this upheaval, this, this, even referring to what the, you know, the hangman card, turning everything upside down was when I was in a, a very bad car accident. And I know I had, we had spoke about this, um, in one of our first couple of sessions, but uh, I, I do, I do know that there was a literally just, um, you know, I, I didn't really know if I was going to live or die. I, I felt so awful and I, I didn't really feel like I had accomplished anything or done anything. And I, and I became very angry and I became, um, very limited. I just, there were certain things that I couldn't do anymore. And it really robbed me of part of my youth. Cause you know, listen at 34, 35 years old, like 34 years old, you're young, like it's young. And it felt, uh, very much as though I was, I was, life was taken away from me and, and I was robbed. So I, I always felt that I was, you know, I always went like a thousand miles an hour. Like I was always like, you know, couldn't sit. Had, I always had like those like ants in my pants. Like even as a young, <laughs> a young man, like even a kid, I always felt like I had to keep going and going and going and going. 
but it just amplified like after this, um, after this accident. And I couldn't, I couldn't find, um, something that would fulfill or at least keep me occupied, um, to get me out of it. It just, nothing seemed to work. And I remember that we had a, we had a conversation, gosh, it must've, must've been years ago. And part of what we had talked about during, when you were reading me is that, um, I had in my previous life, in my past life, I had died early and I had died young. So this, this feeling of needing to, for lack of better terms, like shoving a hundred pounds of shit in a 10 pound bag, like that's literally what I, the way that I lived my life, um, for, I would say probably like a five to 10 year period because I just couldn't, I just wasn't satiating my professional needs, my personal needs, my, um, you know, athletic needs, any, anything that, that had to do with me. Um, I, it wasn't, I wasn't fulfilling, um, which, you know, when you look back now, it's, it, it is to the detriment of the people around you too, because not only are you going through this, but the people that are in your life that are closest to you are the ones that are also in a tailspin because you don't even know, you know, which way is up. And it's a very, it's a very scary place to be in. Exactly. Now, yeah, when you when I read you that time, I remembered that because it's not unusual for souls that die young in a past life to really feel like they have to do everything really fast, go through it, get to it done. And they don't relax through life. They're always feeling like, well, I don't know if my life's going to be truncated. And I think COVID put us in that mindset again. Like, oh my God, I could get COVID and I could die. And you know, maybe this month, next month in a year. So we're all kind of on this treadmill right now, trying to figure out what should we accomplish? What should we do? So it's kind of stirring up crises in all, in all kinds of people. And, and so I think this is probably making your midlife crisis a little worse. And also your generation tends to get midlife crises younger than my generation did. Cause you were raised on MTV that told you're over the hill at 25. So 34 starts to feel old, doesn't it? That's true. So, so it started younger for your generation than for most. And then the car accident, of course, triggered it. And I love the way you talked about the car accident because there is usually something that triggers our midlife crisis. It could be the death of a parent, death of a loved one, a divorce, an accident, an illness, a loss of a job. Something usually triggers it. And then there's a couple of other triggers. It just keeps something else. So I think COVID's a trigger. Okay, another trigger along the way. So what you're describing is pretty much the feeling that with a midlife crisis, you have to ask yourself, why do I feel so shaken to the depths of my soul? Why am I here? What do I still need to learn in life? Why do I feel that I'm living someone else's life and not my own? Why do I feel so off track? Some all those things are what's going on in us. What I'm here, but how did I land here? And, you know, how did I get where I got? This is not where I thought I'd be or where I thought I would feel. I thought I would feel perfectly happy at this stage in my life. And for you, it's realization that there's something else going on and it is a spiritual crisis. A midlife crisis is a spiritual crisis. For sure. You know, and, uh, you had said like there were multiple, you know, traumatic events that sometimes trigger it. And I, I know I, I was 27 years old when my, when my dad passed away and, you know, a few years after that was this massive car accident 
that really took a lot away from me. Um, just, I mean, all around, um, literally like lost memory for years. Like don't remember like a block of time from my, my daughter's birthdays to, um, you know, just pictures that I have taken that I have no recollection of. Like, it's just, it was a bizarre situation. And, you know, I have been able to, you know, do what I do, you know, as far as being a medium and being a psychic with people for about 10 years. So from the time that my dad had passed to now, I have been able to, to do those things. And it wasn't until, you know, I would say a few years after the car accident where I really started to, you know, kind of emerge spiritually. Um, and like you had said it, like the midlife crisis is really a spiritual crisis and it kind of, you know, bridges really nicely into like talking about like the idea of spiritual emergence and kind of like that idea that, you know, an individual, whether they're, you know, experiencing a, tra a traumatic event or have gone through a traumatic event and are, and are trying to, to work their way out of it, you know, it involves like that, that enhanced, you know, emotional uh, tie or connection to the spiritual world. And I think that, you know, my intuition has improved where some of my other senses have declined because of obviously the, the accident. Um, but some of my, my intuition has improved just due to the ability to focus more on, on that sixth sense and those vibrations and that energy and being able to kind of wrap my head around what was actually happening. You know, the five, six, seven years before that, when, when all of this, this epiphany happened, um, you know, following my, my dad passing away. So, you know, it is, it can sometimes happen over an extended period of time, but for the most part, this, this like spiritual emergence, this, this like idea really just kind of like comes, comes at you hard. And I feel like with me, it was very rapid, very dramatic. Um, and it was almost like you had, like you had mentioned, like kind of searching for that, um, that, that greater idea, that bigger picture that, you know, what, what is this all about? Like you said, how did I land here? Uh, and then you start, replaying everything from your past and that's when like the nostalgia starts to kick in and like you're you're thinking about like oh when i was this age i could do that or you know when i was you know 10 years ago i was doing this or you know i i, I do that a lot even with um you know with being a wrestler i i was i would be you know kind of throwing my mind back into that time frame where i was performing in front of crowds and you know it was it was kind of like a really amazing time period um, for me. And uh, you know, you miss those things and you, exactly, you know, you kind of like you, you think about them in such dramatic detail uh, and replaying things over and over again in your brain. Like I should have done this. I should have done that. What happened if I would have done this? What happened if I, if I would have done that? I mean, it, it is like, it's daunting, you know? And, and I think that, you know, a lot of people who are experiencing this and although I would say men and women probably experience it um, in, in different facets, but you know, those stages of, of, you know, shock, denial, depression, anger, acceptance, I think both men and women go through that equally, you know, when it comes to midlife crisis. Um, you know, I, I remember, you know, I had a close family friend who um, she and her husband had kids very young and they, you know, she was in her you know, mid twenties. She had, a handful of kids and all of a sudden had like this, Oh my God, like what, what's my life become? Like, I'm still, I'm still a kid and I have, you know, three or four kids and what am I doing? And she like took off 
like she it like literally like blew her mind and like she she had to get right and you know things obviously got got right she, you know things were worked out and, and they're obviously still together um happily but it it's like that it's like that oh shit moment you know like it's it's like oh my god like now what uh that that i think people experience that really just um throw them for a loop and it hits hard. It's it's a call to transform. Now, I did not become psychic till my midlife crisis. Okay, I wasn't spiritual at all. I hadn't spoken to God in probably 20 years. And all of a sudden, I started to, you know, kind of talk to God or feel that I was being guided in some way. And that became my call that this is what God wanted me to do. This is what I'm supposed to be doing. So if for, for people, sometimes you think you know all your gifts and you think you know who you are. But if I didn't discover that gift until I'm 41 years old, that means all of us here have either a psychic gift or a creative gift or something that we're supposed to do that maybe we haven't answered our calling yet. We've been distracting from it. And yeah, you can distract from a midlife crisis, by the way. You can oh, decide really? to just do drugs or, you know, go to your addictions, oh, sure. gamble. You can, you know, go over the top with, you know, getting plastic surgery or, you know, ha- you know doing crazy stuff to do it. But God kind of slowed the world with COVID. He's kind of telling people, uh, I've taken a lot of your distractions away. <laughs> you can't even do half the stuff you want to be doing. So why don't you just confront your soul? You know, Carl Jung said most people do anything to avoid confronting their soul. So it's really... What gifts are in your shadow bag? And that's what a midlife crisis is about. It's about the shadow. The shadow self for a lot of people is not bad stuff. It's not that they're hiding their drunks or, you know, drug addicts. It's their good stuff. Maybe you were raised in a family that thought art was a waste of time, but you're artistic. And so you just stuck that in your shadow bag. And you never even took that out because you know, everybody would laugh at you. You know, they're all, maybe your family's all construction workers or whatever they do. You have to fit in with that world. So at 40, you know, you've done a job that your family told you to do or everything. And now all of a sudden the things in your shadow bag, your gifts, your creative gifts are saying you have these gifts that you need to start using. So sometimes it's like, why don't you try something new or different during your midlife crisis? If you've never danced, try dancing. If you've never written before, try writing. Whatever you haven't done or whatever you might have said as a child, you know, that you wanted to do, but then someone laughed at you. Try doing it because that's how you find who you are by opening that shadow bag and seeing what's sitting in there. What am I dragging around that I just haven't brought forth to the world? And so that's for me was all of a sudden this spiritual gifts were there. And it helped me a lot to get through my midlife crisis by having that open up. And that's what's happening too. It's opening up spiritually. It's also an emotional crisis. It's a physical crisis. You know, in America, we're very age oriented. Everybody thinks you're old when you're 30. Every, you know, God shut down Hollywood. We've discussed that before, but Hollywood's mostly things written by very young people that maybe don't know enough about life. And so, you know, this is a world where you get 40 and you start thinking, oh God, it's all downhill from here, especially for women. Oh my God, I'm going to be invisible. Nobody's going to look at me. Um, I'm not going to get any attention, particularly if, you know, you got a lot of attention from your looks. Now you're starting to get panicky. What if they're not there anymore? 
So it is a lot of ages in America that makes you start thinking about, oh my God, is it all downhill from here? So no, that's when you have to realize though our body is temporary. Like what is eternal is our heart and our soul. And that's what we have to turn to. So that's why, yeah, sometimes we're trying to like, you know, it's not a bad thing if you want to get in better shape during your midlife crisis. I mean, that's a good thing. You know, you start to realize if you've abused things, they're starting to show. You start getting the face you deserve at 40. It shows all your abuses. And maybe it's you want to take better care of yourself. That's a good thing. But if you get obsessed about the physical at that point, then you're missing the midlife crisis. It's not about looking younger, sticking more Botox in your face. It's not about that. It's about going to your soul. So I can't stress that enough, that it may feel like a physical thing to you, but it's not. It's deeper. Right. So it's, it's the depth and the breadth of, of really who you are as, a, as an individual, who you are soulfully. And, um, and, I, and I think that that uh, is, is so overlooked by a lot of people. I think they're, they're, like you had said, they're looking to, you know, shove Botox in their face. They're trying to do things to, to fulfill that. But in fact, um, it's really just about really self-reflection and looking, looking within your soul. You know, I just had, um, one of my family members had turned, um, 60. So he had a milestone birthday, um, this past week. And, you know, he, lives a, you know, very simple life with his, with his wife and his, and his children and their, you know, grown children. And, um, you know, it's, he, you know, he's, he's not a rocket scientist. He's not, you know, curing diseases. He's not, you know, he's working a job, works hard, is great at what he does. And son-in-law made him a video of all people from all walks of life, whether it was when he was a coach, when he, you know, family members, extended family members, and he put this long video together and, you know, the, really the, the measure of somebody's soul is the amount of souls that you've touched. And it was really a beautiful thing to see how many people really just um, are just the outpouring of like love and support and just praise um, for him was, was incredible. And, and I think that, you know, when you look back at that, I think that's what's going to really, uh, you know, play out for you. Like, you know, when you're in your seventies and your eighties and you look back and you look at your, what you looked like when you were 20, 30, 40, 50, and you're like, wow, it was really good looking, but nobody wants to talk to you because you're a jerk. Right. And exactly. you know, you have no friends and your family has, you know, distanced themselves from you. Then really, what was it all for? You know? And, and I think that, um, that was real. That was actually an eye opener for me, um, as well, because I saw, you know, and I'm very close with, with my uncle and, um, it was kind of really cool to see like the depth and the breadth of his soul and how many people really um, were just touched by him being um, just being around them and, and being with them. Um, you know, and it, it just, you know, like you had said before, like, you know, we have our first half of our life where we're trying to please everybody and we're trying to set ourselves up and, you know, and then here comes the second half and we're like, you know, Oh no, what do we do now? But you know, it, it's like the old, one of the old metaphors that I had heard was uh, you know, a pearl doesn't just appear on a beach, you know, it okay. takes a long time for a pearl to form. Um, and then when, you know, that, that pearl is, is finally revealed, uh, you know, out of, out of the, the shell, um, we have to then figure out, you know, who we are and how do we express who we are and, you know, our, our deepest self and, and what exactly that, that really means. Um, so it's not easy to figure out and, you know, and, and how do we do that? You know, sometimes we, 
like you had said, we numb ourselves with drugs and alcohol and, and, you know, risky behaviors and all these different types of things. Some of us, you know, we grow our hair long, straighten our teeth and, you know, go back, get back into shape. You know, it's, it's one of those things where it depends on the path that you take. Um, you know, but, but I think that, um, again, going back to what you said, like, you know, our story is kind of only half told and, and it's now time to, to tell the second half of the story, you know, the, the chapter two or, you know, part two of, of your story. So, and I, and I think that that's, that's the profound message, you know, as well. Right. And try to maybe keep a journal and write down some of your feelings and questions and insights that are happening. So you can kind of document what's going on. You know, it's important to realize that this is really who you're going to be. This is God's way of getting you to be your authentic self. Okay. Without worrying about what everybody else has to say about it. And it's not easy because you're reinventing yourself is what you're doing and you're becoming the person you're probably meant to be. So it's never too late to choose another career. If you hate your career, like um, it's not wrong to, if you rethink a relationship, if it's not working, you know, rethink your life. And like we said about COVID, pause your life, reset, choose again. That's what a midlife crisis is. Take a pause. Think about how you're going to reset and choose where you want to take the rest of your life. Go it with consciousness. Now, a lot of people decide they're not going to go through their midlife crisis. And what they do is hit that reset button and say, I'm not going to learn anything else for the rest of my life. I don't want to learn anything. I don't want to do anything. And those people get really old because nothing ages you faster than determining that I don't want to learn anything and the best years are behind me. I'm just going to get old. And you're going to get old with that thinking. Sure. So if you want to kind of stay younger in spirit, go to spirit because spirit ages so much better than flesh. Go to the spiritual world. Go there. Keep your energy body young. And in keeping your energy young, then you'll stay you know, young forever. You'll feel that way. You won't feel that I'm over the hill um, there's nothing else for me to learn or do. So the most important thing with a midlife crisis is realizing that there is a second half of your life that you need to address from higher consciousness, from your heart and your soul. And I think that, uh, you know, that that's, that's probably a, a great takeaway. And, and I think that if I had to, to give anybody who's probably in, in a similar situation as me, um, any advice, you know, whether we're looking at a midlife crisis, whether we're looking at a spiritual awakening, uh, and wondering, you know, what the hell is happening to me? Um, I, I think the best piece of advice is to start small and figure out what it is that you want to achieve, uh, whether it's big picture, small picture, long term, short term, and just pick one thing and kind of hone in on that and do your best to take those small steps to achieve that that smaller or short term goal. Because once you start getting into the the long term and you start really focusing on that too much, it becomes a dwelling and it becomes an obsession and a compulsion. And then it becomes a disaster. And one thing that, you know, I, I have to be very conscious of too, in my own situation is, you know, you can't hone in so tightly on one thing and then forget about you know, the people that are around you, you know, and then that's, that's one thing that I'm, I'm learning, you know, on a daily basis. And, um, sometimes when I'm in that mode and I'm on like that track, any outside interference, it's like, rah, you know, you get all like worked up and you get a little crazy, but you know, it really does come back to having to, you know, stay grounded to the earth plane, you know, 
short-term goals, start small and, you know, do your best to constructively uh, work your way through a midlife crisis and, you know, through diet, exercise, getting plenty of, of rest, hydration. I think that that's, those are all good places to start. Uh, and, and I think that once you do that, you'll, you'll be in a better mindset to be able to continue on and, and achieve those, those long-term goals. Well, thank you for tonight, Gary. I think it was an informative um, podcast tonight. Oh, without a doubt. People are having a COVID crisis. So I think it could, you know, if it's midlife or COVID crisis, you know, the advice still holds. (laughs) Throw more crap on top of the pile. Why not? (laughs) Um, So, I mean, uh, yes, thank you so much, Cindy. And and obviously all of uh, of your your knowledge and your wisdom is is always um, such a benefit and, and such a blessing for for our listeners and of course uh, for me as well so i want to thank everyone out there who is uh, listening to us uh thank you for listening to soul matters podcast and i hope everyone has a great evening great rest of the week and i will be next time you hear me i will be 40 happy birthday thank you <laughs> have a great week everyone cindy thank you once again bye for now it's amazing oh it's amazing We want to hear from you, our listeners. If you have a topic or a question or would like to be a guest on Soul Matters Podcast with Cindy and Dr. Gary, please email us at soulmatterspodcast at gmail.com.